Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. In order to beat cancer and stay ahead of the game, you have to be your own advocate. Watch out for yourself. From Offscript Media, I am Matthew Zachary, and this is Out of Patience. Today on the show, I welcome Andrea Otiano, recovering agency, pharma, and media veteran, research junkie, health coach, founder of Silver Lining Holistic Health, and if that's not enough, 13-year survivor of breast cancer, liver cancer, and cholangiocarcinoma gesundheit. You're welcome. So what happens when the health coach gets cancer, when the professional becomes the patient? We also rage on about how the jargon of whole patient care, which to its credit has come quite far, it has a long way to go as far as we're concerned addressing the comprehensiveness of mental, physical, nutritional, practical, and cultural needs in complement to the self-evident biological demands of your cancer. We also debate the vagaries behind the Ricola Alpine horn of Be Your Own Advocate. And why do super healthy specimen athletes that are vegan in peak condition get cancer? You'll find out because we clearly have the definite answer. No, we don't. Enjoy the show. Andrea, thank you so much for joining me here on Out of Patience, which I like to say at the top of every show, we both are literally out of patience. And you are no exception to the rule as far as being the right amount of pissed off at all the sort of things that you've unraveled in your storied career. I do want to start by explaining to our listeners that you're a bit of a unicorn because you have pharma, agency, and publishing experience And now you are a health coach for so many years. Help us frame the origin story of how these trajectories all wound up becoming you. Well, I have a creative background. So I started off going to a design school and worked in the city for New York City for five to seven years and then somehow transitioned into pharma, which transitioned into marketing, which was still in many aspects, creative, worked on the agency side in marketing, launching pretty big brands in diabetes, cardiovascular, Alzheimer's, a little bit of cancer. And then went into consulting for a few years because I was raising my children and those jobs demand many, many hours. And what happened 
between working in agencies and medical education and then uh, diving into health coaching was I was diagnosed with a pretty aggressive form of breast cancer and had to take somewhat of a back seat. So I did some research and found that, well, I was always had a love for health and wellness, and it just seemed to be a good fit for someone that was kind of aging aging out, but wanting to stay in the game. And um, I've been doing it since 2014. Were you in like perfect shape eating salads and vegan and doing everything right? Were you in that category of how the hell did I get breast cancer? Yes and no. In some respects, looking back, and I had uh, two children later in life. So my daughter was born when I was 42. My son was born when I was 44. And I would say across the board, if you looked at me among other women, I was pretty healthy. I, you know, I drank coffee. I ate vegetables, ate some cookies. I ate, you know, relatively well, but I hadn't shifted into that you know, 80%, 85% organic, really pay attention to what's getting sprayed with pesticides, really diving deep into the understanding of eliminating dairy or eating a little bit more paleo, eating with a, a much more self-awareness of what you're actually putting into your body. So yes, I was healthy, but I was, you know, living a fast and furious life. I had two kids, was working part, you know, I say part-time, but it really was more full-time. I was doing consulting at medical education agencies and, and then worked in pharma as a consultant. So yeah, I was eating healthy, but I hadn't done that critical diving in deep and doing the research of what is necessary to really beat cancer and live like optimally, meaning just, just live very, very dedicated to health and wellness. I mean, you weren't like downing KFC buckets every day just to set a bar. We're setting a bar. The lower bar is KFC buckets every day. Okay. So I'll give you an example. Like when my friends, when I was younger and my friends would say, you know, can you believe she got cancer? Can you believe, you know, she got breast cancer? I would go out after the cancer was, you know, getting worse in certain circumstances over the last 13 years. But I remember going out to a restaurant or restaurant slash pub like but fun environment watching, you know, overweight women and I'm not knocking them, but like overweight women drinking beer, smoking cigarettes, hanging out, having the time of their life in this in this bar setting. And I'm that was not me. I mean, I'd like to go out and have a good time, but that just wasn't me. I wasn't happy hour girl. I like to have parties. I like to entertain. I like to eat good food and drink good wine. But I was, yeah, not KFC. I was like selling the Girl Scout cookies, right. not eating them, <laughs> going home and eating fruit. You know, kind of always athletic, always gymnast, played softball, was always active. I was always outside. I was never a, you know, sitting around, not active type of person. Yeah. So you've been a health educator for a long time. When we talk about the definition of irony being, you know, the oncology doctor that gets cancer, you know, you are working in the health educator sector. You have been woke to this. You're fully baked in the ethos of what it means to be well or what wellness can possibly be user defined as. And yet here you are getting slapped in the face with the shit happens door of welcome to cancer. Do you feel like you're possibly maybe advanced, prepared to deal with this from some perspective and not completely alone and isolated in what to do? 
Absolutely. You know, the first diagnosis I received was in 2007. The drug treatments were definitely progressing along. Herceptin had just come on the market. What happened was being that I had a good infrastructure of people that I could tap into, mainly the medical directors that I worked with that were phenomenal, like smart. I remember one that I had to call and ask a gazillion questions. She actually specialized in women in breast cancer and she had her own agency. She worked out of, I think she was living in Florida at the time. So I I was able to just access these people quickly, read some articles, access them, ask questions, then go to the doctor appointments. And I'm like that by nature. I'm a, like a, a research junkie, media junkie. Like I can't get enough information, even if I'm just scanning it. I don't just go to the doctor's appointments with, you know, a notepad, taking notes, expecting them to tell me what's going to happen to me. And when I learned the hard way, in order to beat cancer and stay ahead of the game, you have to be your own advocate. And I've learned it in other areas of, of cancer and also getting into the whole implant advocacy, which I've been doing recently. You've got to stay on top of every study, everything that's coming out. You need to take breaks too. But yes, the the background I had totally prepared me for what I was up against. I want to lean on the be your own advocate because I'm I'm on the fence. Not that you shouldn't be your own advocate, but is it really as simple as saying be your own advocate to the uninitiated? And you you had a unique advantage. Some people have unique advantages. My uncle is a geneticist, so when I was diagnosed. 25 years ago, he knew to tell my dad, ask the doctors this. I would never have known all the stuff to make decisions at 21 years old unless my uncle happened to be my uncle and a geneticist. And you, through the course of your career and your scholarship, had access to experts. To the average uninitiated, I'm shopping in a shit happen store that I've never pretended to even understand. Not everyone may have the, the preternatal gumption or the moxie or the chutzpah to step up and say, what about this? What about this? What's your advice or guidance on how do you square the circle of the bell curve? Not everyone is you know, automatically going to show up and say, me, 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 not you, you. That's an excellent question. And it's a tough one. And you know, recently when I learned, not like I'm a super, super follower, but I've always admired people like Kelly Preston and what she did with children and advocacy and health. Um, And when I learned that she had breast cancer and what happened, I was like kind of floored. Like how does someone like that with all the means and the money and the way and and was treated, I guess, at MD Anderson, I, I guess her religion may play some role in it. We don't know, but being treated at MD Anderson and looking at the whole scape of that. But going back to what you're saying is everyone is so different. Someone that has means and money and can fly all over the United States and get treated at a Sloan or MD Anderson may not have that inner fuel or fire or ability to go and keep pushing themselves and get to the next level. I mean, you know, it's so hard to be cancer, especially when you're a stage four. So I think it comes from a lot of different sources. It has to be this fuel that's in you that drives you. And in your case, you had that uncle that was helping put together the right questions that your dad could ask those doctors. That doesn't always happen. And then just staying with it and just having like, I guess, constant tenacity. 
Because believe me, there are days where I'm just so tired from everything. Like Monday was one of those days. I was just down the shore with my kids and it was just a lot of running around, running around. And I actually just listened to my body and I just said, I can't do anything today. I was actually auditing my bills from PET scans and things like that. And I just got to the point where I was like, I'm just so sick of doing this. I'm putting it on the shelf. So when I say be your own advocate, what I mean is watch out for yourself. Like don't just take what these, and I'm not saying I'm against the healthcare profession. I think what they've done in in my case, in in many cases is has helped me along the way, but I think you've got to learn how to work with them. And if you don't believe what they want to push in your direction, you know, you've got to stand up for what you want. And I think the the one thing I've done pretty well, and it goes back to, it's not my background in oncology. It was more my background in AIDS and HIV AIDS and working in that category is learning how to build the healthiest, most highly functioning immune system, because that's what's going to kick the cancer's ass. It's that plus the drugs too and the other treatments. But if you do not have a healthy immune system, you don't have a chance. And I've seen it with other people. Back with our guest after the break. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Picking up on where we left off, we talked about the human immune system, which, again, is the gateway to whether shit happens or not. And I want to refer to an article that was fairly unpopular at the time that The Guardian released a couple of years ago. And I'm going to layperson this for the listeners. But the gist was that cancer is just kind of bad luck because, you know, for the litany of anecdotes I'm about to you know espouse is you can be in perfect health with a great immune system and still get sick or you can be obese and smoking and live to 80 and never get cancer. How do you square, I say the square of the circle way too many times as a euphemism, but we have to look at the balance, right? The average consensus is that whatever healthy immune system means to you will most likely help, maybe not prevent, but reduce the risk of known stupid things that can happen to you. 
Is that a rational way to approach it? I think so. But then again, to your point, there are people that eat, like look at Linda McCartney, no meat, no animal protein, ate, had a vegan garden, had meatless Mondays, and somehow, some way ended up with a cancer. So, and I think it's, it's like, it's three things or possibly more than three. So it's, it's like this environment you live in, you know, it's your genetics and, and it's your lifestyle, like how you're living, like, what are you eating? What are you putting on your body? How are you living? I always found people that were living life large, they seem to be doing something right versus the type A's that get stressed all the time and are and in coaching and in talking to different people in the cancer space, there is some commonality, but then again, there's those, you know, the outliners that get cancer by, I don't know, bad luck. Right. That goes back to the guardian. It's unpopular. It's bad luck. And if you look at, you know, 8 billion humans on the earth and only, you know, 35 million diagnoses a year of which 29 million will be fine in 10 years. Is that decent odds? Is that a realistic, you know, just taking the emotion out of it, the statistics, the pure stats of shit happens. You know, I look at Flojo and I know he's controversial, but Lance was in peak condition and brain, testicular, lung cancer at once, really. And and those who know my advocacy pillars is, is I don't believe in prevention. I believe that you have to do the best with what you have, but don't make stupid decisions that you know are not in your interest. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But it is ironic that some people that were like these supercharged athletes end up with cancer like that at a young age. I mean, it's mind boggling. And and that's another thing that's fascinating. I have a friend who, you know, he had a metastatic lung. He was a super athlete, amazing lacrosse and football player. He died last year. I, I mean, but then again, he pushed himself too. Like he, he over almost overdrove his body as an older person. Right. Like running. I just took note of it. Like he was still doing it. He was running. He was working out. He was more fit than anyone his age. Another woman I knew that I was close to. She was a NCAA field hockey champion at UConn. A, a couple of years younger than me. She had stage four. We would compare notes and she played tennis. She ran. She was a big runner and she just like almost pushed herself to exhaustion. And I just remember making these notes like what what's the difference between her and me? I don't know. Yeah, there's no way to know that. There isn't really. I I do want to do a quick shout out to the late Regis Philbin. As of this taping, Regis passed away, I think, three or four days ago. And oh, my God, he just died of being old. Like the cause of death was just old. Remember the days where you kind of just lived long enough and died because you just lived long enough and died? I miss the days when you just kind of died of old age, like normal, good old fashioned, God bless Regis Philbin. But on that note, I do want to talk about your wokeness when you entered the shit happens store of stage four breast cancer, because, you know, you're one of your massive pillars is how much the allopathic world, I won't say is in denial. I think there's been a lot of progress in representing sort of complementary and augmentative therapies and medicine and practices and acupuncture and spot treatments and nutrition. But you were diagnosed many, many years ago. Happy 13th anniversary, by the way. It's your bar mitzvah of anniversary. Yes. <laughs> but, but to that extent, like there was really no cancer and nutrition conversations 
in the 90s and the 2000s. What was your experience like coming into that and saying, wait, you're not going to tell me to, you know, you weren't eating KFC buckets, obviously, but what was that like for you to feel like they were just treating you like a, like a data point, like a piece of biology? And that's interesting. And I had to really go back and like stretch my brain cells to think what was it like. And I, and I remember just the whole time being in utter shock because when I was diagnosed with stage three locally advanced, that's a big deal, like locally advanced breast cancer, almost stage four. I mean, it was so bad that they were kind of backtracking doing biopsies on the left side to, to rule out, was it, it, was it there too? And if it was, then it was stage four. It had crossed over the line, but I had a one-year-old, my son had just turned one and my daughter wasn't even three. So I was like in this survival mode dealing with my kids. I mean, trying to get help. My husband worked in New York. So I was plodding around to like, you know, the nutritionist at the hospital, listening to what she had to say, like trying to get guidance and, like nurturing and like holistic help, you know, like to help, you know, after the chemo, I felt like shit, I could barely walk. And then you have the surgery and then 25 rounds of radiation, you're, you're practically like dead. I couldn't even look at myself. I was bald, thin, and there were the darkest circles under my eyes. And I was like, I can't even look at myself in the mirror because I look horrible. And I'm not, a, I always look pretty good. So and that's another hard thing as a woman to just go through the transformation of your your physicalness. You're losing your breasts, and now you your face looks different. You you've lost your look, your glow, the way you you know your vitality. But no one was really like putting it all together, and that's another reason why I kept thinking. You know, and it would probably drove me into this health coaching arena is no one was putting the two or the three together and going. If you are going through this, you really need like the conventional and the holistic. And here's here's how it can happen. So I kind of sought it out on my own. I found a, a small department in the center I was getting treated. They were doing acupuncture. I just started to ask them questions. And one thing led to the next, to the next, to the next. And they kind of led me to another practitioner that was holistic that had to do with I don't know, oncology massage or something like that. Like, I think I just got, I was a good listener. I kept it going. Like I mentioned before, I had very good tenacity and I was, I just started to become more aware of my body and what was happening. And I realized getting these oncology massages helped me. It helped me feel like I was rejuvenated. I started to do yoga that helped. I wasn't doing like full on yoga, but just like enough to make yourself feel better. Um, the acupuncture was helping, but it wasn't until the pivotal moment was in 2010 was when I was diagnosed with stage four. Um, my markers started to go up and they ran a panel of tests and then did a, a PET scan and they saw that it went into my thoracic nodes and into my chest wall, into my sternum. Jesus, gesundheit on that one. Yeah, yeah. So, and I had just started another, a new consulting position that I couldn't just leave. It was like literally like a week after I had started that position, I somehow, some way managed to get through that. But what was lucky for me was some of the people that I was working with at that agency were in the oncology space. And some of them were good 
good friends who I was just tapping into their knowledge and expertise. But at that point, I really knew I had to take a, a leap of faith and, and look at other physicians. And this is where people get stuck. They stay with the same oncology group. I stayed with the same group treating me, but I went out to Chicago to see a Dr. Um, Keith Block. He treats both ways. He does conventional and holistic, but his holistic approach is, you know, his own methods that seem to work with his patients. You've got to go to his center. And he, he did just enough for me that helped me. And I got a good education from him and started to understand, like he did terrain panels with me. He took his, his nurses took like 17 vials of blood. So I found what am I hugely deficient in? Right. What does my body need? I was hugely deficient in vitamin D. I was hugely deficient in these areas that with supplementation, I was able to, you know, get my system better. And I cut out dairy. I cut out, I think I was still eating like good quality, you know, turkey cold cuts. And he was like, no. Don't even eat that. But yet, no KFC buckets. We're just going to keep coming no back. KFC no KFC buckets. buckets. KFC, not a sponsor. I've, I think I've had in my childhood, maybe at a party or something, but they just grossed me out. That's the kind of chicken that I just like, I just can't eat that, you know? But uh, anyway, so I would eat, you know, like a good quality turkey off the bone. But he would say, no, don't, don't. Just, he was ex explaining like the nitrates and, things in certain foods, actually his nutritionist got into the details, but he was just, he knew his stuff. And I follow a lot of, I've gone off the a wagon a bit, but I do follow. Well, you're like, allowed everything in moderation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're talking about just the notion and, and the jargon term for this is whole patient care. But that right. really means recognizing that the biology that's wrong with you is only one thing to consider in making sure that you have to endure this with as minimal suckage as possible. And the revelations that mental health matters, oh my God, how did we not know that? Of course we knew that, but it didn't matter. But now we understand, almost like in a global consciousness, that your mental health, your well-being, your stress and anxiety will play into your behaviors Absolutely. And yeah. recognition that that is a thing now that happens in cancer care. You know, you were 07. I was 96. Like those are like the medieval barbaric, yeah. you know, like like uh, uh, Hittite days yes. of oncology. And today we're I'd like to think we're a little more advanced and, and woke to this notion. But I my opinion, I'd love your your, your thoughts on this, is that. Nutrition and wellness and hospitality and whole patient and peer-to-peer, that's -peer, kind of still very concierge-ish in some of the bigger clinics, and it hasn't really trickled down to no. where everyone yeah. deserves access to it. Yeah, right. And, I, and with this whole COVID thing going on and, and any healthcare professional I talk to, whether I'm going to Sloan and I'm still managing my own healthcare. Until everyone's ready to kind of break out of these silos and groups and just work together, it's, it's going to stay like that. Andrea Otiano is a recovering agency, pharma, and media veteran, breast cancer survivor advocate, health coach, and the founder of Silver Lining Holistic Health. Thank you so much for helping me explain the never-ending story of unanswered questions in the search for what the hell's going to happen in cancer progress. Thank you, Matthew.
That's all for today, folks. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, follow us on social, and tell all your friends to listen. Out of Patience with Matthew Zachary is a product of Offscript Media. Our executive producer is Matthew Zachary. Our senior producers are Jen Horanjeff and Andrew McDowell. Darren Tun is our production intern. It is recorded, mixed, and edited by Matthew Zachary. Our theme music is by the Mike Van Allen Quintet and by Mara. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments, feedback, and make guest recommendations. For more information, visit offscript.com.